Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I was uh, reading a story online the other day, and it was uh, from CNN, and it says, too few new antibiotics are under development to combat the threat of multidrug-resistant infections, according to a new World Health Organization report published on Tuesday. Adding to the concern, it's likely that the speed of increasing resistance will outpace the slow drug development process. As of May, a total of 51 antibiotics and 11 biologicals Medical products often made from natural sources are being developed, the new report said. Quote, the idea is that biologicals could replace use of antibiotics, which could help in overcoming the resistance problem. That's from Peter Beyer. He's the author of the report and a senior advisor to the World Health Organization's Department of Essential Medicines and Health Products. He wrote that in an email. So to translate all of this for us, uh, we're joined by Jason Tetro, the Canadian microbiologist, the germ guy. His books are The Germ Code and The Germ Files. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Jason, I have no idea what I just said, so please translate. All right. Um, it's actually very simple. Um, have you ever had a bacterial infection? I have. Throat or maybe some gastrointestinal or maybe there was uh, you know, a, a wound that got infected? Yes, sir. Well, normally what we do is we go to the doctor um, and that person prescribes us uh, some antibiotics. We go home, we take those antibiotics, and we get better, right? Right. Uh, yeah, we don't have that luxury uh, in many cases anymore. And that's because microbes have become, or these bacteria have become resistant to the antibiotics that we rely on. Now, this has been going on for probably 70 years. And the usual way to combat this was to develop new and what we call stronger antibiotics. Unfortunately, what we've learned is that those microbes are going to become resistant to them as well. So two things happened. One, uh, we started losing out on the current supply of antibiotics that we have. And two, pharmaceutical companies who, you know, understandably, they're interested in bottom line, realized that you're spending up to 10 years, up to, you know, something like $1 to $2 billion to make a drug that potentially may only have a shelf life of 18 months before you start to see resistance. It, it just 18 months? Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, some people have actually said that it could take as little as six months for some antibiotics uh, after being used um, to, to see some kind of resistance in the bacteria. So this is a reality that we face. And unfortunately, what we've become, I guess, had no point, no, no choice but to accept is that resistance is faster than development. And that's part of what you saw in that, uh, in that email from the author. Mm -hmm. The second part is that we also know that there are biologicals. And what they mean by this are viruses of bacteria, which we call bacteriophages. 
um, antimicrobial peptides, which essentially are physical ways, they're like knives, if you will, at the microbial level, to just break apart microbes. These things, you can't really develop resistance all that quickly, or we can develop newer versions faster than we can with antibiotics. So the idea that this report um, sort of conveys is the current drugs that we have in the pipeline um, are probably not going to be very effective in the long term. The biologicals that we're using probably are going to be more effective, but they're not getting the attention they deserve. And in the meantime, we're continuing to see a massive spread of a number of different types of microbes that are you know, potentially going to be killing us. Um, you probably saw that tuberculosis was a big one yes. in this report. Yes. Um, but something as simple as what we know as uh, Klebsiella is just a Latin name. And if you look under a microscope, it's a big, long uh, microbe. But I don't know if you remember, a couple months ago, there was a woman in Nevada. She ended up getting that particular bacterium, and she died because there were no antibiotics available to treat it. Uh, so we're in a situation now... If I, if I understand this correctly, mm-hmm. though there's a significantly greater health threat from microbes than there was a number of years ago. And does this mean that we could see the reemergence of illnesses, of life-threatening illnesses, that would have been considered uh, impossible 50 years ago, that would be considered extinct? Yeah, uh, it's already happening. And, and that's sort of that, the, the example of the woman in Nevada yeah. is only one example of what we're seeing where people are becoming infected with uh, certain types of bacteria and you just simply cannot treat them. How do you counter this? Or can you? <sighs> you, you know, <laughs> if you go back to the days before antibiotics, um, some people call it the dark ages. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's seemingly where we're going to be going. Um, if it's, you know, a limb or something along those lines, we might be able to do treatment with maybe natural biologicals or something, but if they're not available, uh, you know, amputation was not all that uh, uncommon back in the day. Um, you remember, you've probably heard of iron lungs, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, well, this is the type of thing where we may have no choice but to start thinking about this again unless we really put money and, and, and resources and, to be honest with you, the public's backing uh, into the research that's being done to look at these alternatives, these biologicals, which we know will have the longer shelf life. So you have the, an aging population, a much larger global population, exactly. a, a reduction in the antibiotics that are available, and then a, a reduction in the efficacy of these antibiotics, and you've got the perfect storm. Uh, absolutely. And um, one of the things that uh, I've been trying to sort of point out when I go out on tour and talk, uh, especially when I'm talking about my books, is that that aging population is not the only concern we have. We're actually seeing a reduction in the immune, the, the, the immune status of individuals because of pharmaceuticals, because of environmental problems. So we're all sort of losing that strong immune system that we used to have. In layman's terminology, what did you just tell me when you say that we're seeing uh, a reduction in the immunity? Uh, if I, so, whatever you just said. Well, in layman's terminology, what does it mean? Well, it just means that normally you'd be able to fight off an infection, yeah. but be- if your immunity is compromised, yeah. then that means that you're not going to be able to fight off that infection. Strap throat? Is, 
Uh, strep throat is a perfect example. I mean, you've probably heard that in some cases people are getting strep throat, and that's turning into uh, flesh-eating disease. Yes. Well, that would not normally happen if you had a strong enough immunity. Mm-hmm. But if you happen to have a weakened immunity because of a number of different problem, problems, then your likelihood of getting that, um, that, that secondary flesh-eating disease becomes higher. Is there some way we can somewhat protect ourselves, something that we can do proactively for ourselves? Well, this is something that is currently under a lot of research, and we now know that diet is really going to help. Um, so uh, I promote the Mediterranean diet because that is one of the most effective. Um, you want to make sure that you're getting you know, your vitamin D, which is very good for helping to balance out your immune system. Fermented foods, which is something that I'm asking the government to put on the food guide, um, actually helps to balance out your immune system so that you don't have the compromised or the overaction that we see sometimes cease, what we call the cytokine storm. So the thing is, is we can do this naturally, but, you know, Canadians have to be aware of, first off, you know, what can we do, and then what the benefit of that is, is, you know, Mm -hmm. can be for us. And if we don't do that, and we just focus on, you know, antibiotics and biologicals, we're going to lose this battle. Yeah, we we, if, we, if, if we assume that everything's okay and the doc's always going to be able to give us uh, a little vial of pills and say to us, now remember to take them all, Yep, it's not that way anymore. Absolutely. And you should take them all when you are given them. Yeah, absolutely. Way, just, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. listen to that one thing that said you should stop early. Just don't yeah, no, do that. That, no. that just makes things worse. But you're totally correct. Yeah. We, we each have to take a little bit more responsibility for right. our own health. Jason, thank you so much. Always good talking to you. I always learn a lot. Thank you. Oh, it was a pleasure, Roy. Have a great day. You too. Jason Tetro, Canadian microbiologist, the germ guy. His books are The Germ Code and The Germ Files.